Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. This is the day before Halloween. Oh my. And if you're looking at us, watching us on LinkedIn, guests wave hello. LinkedIn and Facebook. And if you're listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, this is our pre-Halloween show. And one of my guests is, oh my goodness, he's dressed with all kinds of skulls and pumpkins and scary stuff on his shirt. That's Mark Leslie. And we have Kelly Florence with us and Meg Haftall. And I'm going to be introducing them in a minute, but they are in the horror genre, which just seemed absolutely perfectly right. And I want to do a shout out to Mickey Mickelson, agency extraordinaire, who sends me all these wonderful authors. And they've all been on before, but this was the night when we wanted to alleviate all the stuff that's going on in the world with a little bit of <gasps> good-hearted genre for horror novels. And there we go. So I have a poem I'm going to read to introduce them. And full disclaimer, I do introduce I put all my input in my introduction now into ChatGPT. If you haven't tried it yet, I suggested I'm using the free level, but it's really fun and clever. And then I, it's AI, and I always add the human touch. And as far as I know, Radio Red is still human. What do you think, panelists? You agree? As far as I know. Ah, okay, no scary stuff here. So here's the introduction. Listen up. In the shadows where moonlight dares to tread, a tale of Halloween is about to be spread with a cackle. Everybody cackle with me. Cackle, cackle, cackle. <laughs> a cackle in the, in the air and a whispering breeze. Whoosh, there it is. AKA Radio Red. That's me. Welcomes guests with ease. That's what I do. Three spirits of creativity. They take the stage. Wave when I call your name. Meg Haftall. There you go. With stories of hearts in a cage, <gasps> betrayal, murder, intrigue, tales unfold in the darkest corners. Her narratives fold. Mark Leslie Lefebvre. There's Mark. A guide through the night in digital realms brings authors to the light. Booksellers president, a mentor in the dark. He's sure to leave an envelop indelible mark. There you go. Mark, Mark. I use that play on words. Then we have Kelly Florence. Wave hello. Novelist with passion divine. Six books in the science of series. She does shine. A co-host of horror, a producer of dread. In her presence, fear and fascination are wed. Gather round, dear listeners and viewers, for pre-Halloween delight. In the treat-not-trick creativity episode, shadows punctuate the night. As jack-o'-lanterns grin watching ghosties who roam, I wrote that, a.k.a. Red gleefully guides us and brings it all home. What do you think, gang? Do you like it? That was awesome! That was pretty amazing. cool. Pretty cool. My LinkedIn just froze here. I'm going to get us back on live. We're still there. We are there. I thought that was fun. I've enjoyed, I'm using this for my business shows under my other name and for my creativity shows. And the trick, I think, is to feed good information to ChatGPT or whatever other AI text generator you're using and then edit it. Make it your own. Don't just use it the way. So I, that little ghosties who roam, that was my life thought that was really <laughs> put in there. I thought you'd all really enjoy that. So let's start the show in reality. I want you all to make the letter L. You know how this goes. You make it with your finger and we're going to say on the count of three, hello, LLL. Come on, Meg. Hands up. One, Wait, two, three. Hand? 
Either one is fine. Just make the letter L. However, if you're reading forwards, backwards, I don't care. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello, hello. One, two, three. Hello. Come on. Hello. 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 L. 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 We're going to try that again. You're going to do it with me this time. One, two, three. Hello. L. 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 Oh, you're exhausting me. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, and I've been trying to move her to a place that starts with L because she lives in Whitestone, New York, and that's still a W. No matter how you put your fingers, Meg, you can't turn that W into an L. I'm sorry. Which direction? Doesn't matter. But I moved. I don't know if I told you this. I wanted to move to London, but I tend to tilt my head. You've all noticed that? Like Meg does. Meg tilts her head, too. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I liked you. And so when I tilted my head, the first N in London went upside down and I ended up moving to Loudoun, Tennessee. What can I tell you? It just happened that way. So it's still an L and I want Laura to move here. So lovely, thank you, Laura Legs. And at 8.01 p.m. she will email me and she'll tell me how much she enjoyed the three of you and how much she is happy you're back on the show. So let's see where we are. October 30th. Let's see what the day of the year is, what the year of the month is. It's Scorpio. Oh my goodness gracious. I don't know if we're going to do that. It's the 303rd day of 2023 in the Gregorian calendar. Mark, I want you to make note of this. 62 days left. It's the 43rd Monday and nobody gives a you know what about that except me. And the reason I'm telling you the 62 days is because this is going to be a hell of a New Year's Eve this year because we've come through another tunnel. It's dark again, but we've come through that particular health-related tunnel that a lot of people didn't. So it's going to be a heck of a celebration that we got through another year. Whatever whatever Kelly is drinking in that Catalyst mug, she's going to put something interesting in there. So one of you probably has an old whiskey still in the backyard from a previous relative who was doing bootleg. Well, it doesn't have to be bootleg anymore, but we won't tell if you don't pay the taxes on it. So <laughs> get that bootleg out. Somebody probably on this panel has an extra sink in the garage or the backyard or the basement. Go make the Kahlua if that's what you like because 62 days is not a lot of time for those flavors to melt you know Meg knows what I'm talking about so start that and if you're just going to buy something off the shelf the virtual and brick and mortar liquor stores if if, if you're drinking something imbibing in that way they're going to be cleaned out pretty soon really really soon if they aren't already for Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa so by the time New Year's gets here there'll be nothing left so I want you to all make sure that that's what you do is anybody here a Scorpio? Anybody a Scorpio? No? Okay, I'm a Libra and I just just had a birthday a couple weeks ago. But let me just read you quickly something about Scorpio and you all get to be an honorary Scorpio tonight if you want to be. If you want to be, you don't have to be. So Scorpios are a fixed water sign. They're known for loyalty. Raise your hand or wiggle one of your nice fingers if this describes you. Loyalty, devotion, passion. Mark, come on. There you go. Deep feelings, and emotions, intense personalities, I'm going to move over to Scorpio, an acute sixth sense, gut instincts. Well, don't you need all of that in your writing if you're writing horror? They may ignore the facts. Well, it's fiction. So what? Always analyzing and processing information. They don't let their guard down with strangers. They're devoted, they're reliable, faithful, and generous if they like you. But listen to this. Scorpio, no other sign will hold your hand or dry your eyes when you cry, fight your battles like it's their own, and laugh over obstacles even though their humor is a little macabre. They're moody, they're obsessive, they're secretive, they love fiercely. They're known as the most genuine sign of the Zodiac, never phony or fake. Mark, you want to be a Scorpio? Yeah, you know what? I was I was going to be a stubborn bull and remain a Taurus, but I think I want to be a Scorpion tonight. 
I think so. And what about you, Kelly? You want to be a Scorpio? Again, I am a Gemini, so I am two-sided. So yes, I'm going to go to Scorpio. There we go. Meg, what about you? You want to be Scorpio? Yeah. You know, my husband is sometimes, it depends. Sometimes it'll say he's a Scorpio and sometimes it'll say he's a Sagittarius. So I'm going to say he's a Scorpio from now on. Okay, good. And mm-hmm. I'm going to read you some famous ones are Lord, the singer, Leonardo DiCaprio, woohoo, Katy Perry, woohoo, Winona Ryder, Tracy Ellis Ross, Drake, Julia Roberts, Pete Davidson, who is hosting SNL again in a couple weeks, twice. Oh my. Ryan Gosling and Sean Diddy Combs and the recommended careers. Mm, mm, mm. I think you'll all fit into this. Psychologist, well, don't you have to be if you're writing mystery? Psychiatrist, well, you don't need that degree. Detective, don't you need to be a detective to detect the plots and figure things out? Surgeon, well, aren't you surgically creating the plots? I'm really stretching this, Kelly and Meg. I'm really, really <laughs> stretching this a lot. Uh, you need a Pharmacist, well, you might have some meds in there. I don't know. Researcher, of course you're a researcher. You're researching your stories. Financial advisor, ka-ching, that's what you want. Tour guide, you're taking us on a tour of your stories. And criminologist, I think you were all made for Scorpio. There you go. So on that note, thank you for indulging this little intro is very long on the show. And I want to do a shout out to Jordan, who is our engineer tonight. He's always here for us and he does the most wonderful sound checks. Don't tell Andrew my Wednesday engineer. He does a good job too. Okay. So let's go through and have you each. I did the math. Meg, you're going to be first, then Mark, and then Kelly. I did the math. And because you've been on the show a couple of times before, I'm guessing conservatively, there's about 12.9725 people in the world who don't remember any of you. Don't be insulted. It's it's 12.9725 isn't that many, really. So why don't you refresh their memory graciously? Take your three minutes. Give us your bio. What do you love about Halloween and the horror genre? Meg, I'm putting you on speaker view. It's all yours. Go ahead and welcome. All right. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I've loved horror and Halloween since I was born. Um, it's at my absolute favorite time of year. And um, even though when I went to college and I, I really wanted to write the next great American novel, I knew in my heart that I was a horror writer and uh, I, I, I had to do it. And so I started out with short story writing and then I became a novelist of horror. And now um, I do audio plays and screenplays. And Kelly and I have written six nonfiction books about horror films and horror books together. Um, so whatever aspect of horror it is, it, now I'm starting to get into poetry. I, I do it. So um, I absolutely love the genre. And you can also hear Kelly and I talk about it on our podcast, Horror Rewind, as well. So it's basically what I eat, drink, and do every day. <laughs> Tell me about your screenplays. I didn't know about that. What yeah. are they? Can you give us some names, titles, any plots? Go ahead. Yeah. Give us, so, us. Um, Kelly and I have actually been nominated. Uh, actually, she's got her Catalyst mug. Uh, we've been nominated um, for Teleplays, which are pilot TV series, horror series. Um, one based on a short story of mine um, that we expanded out into an anthology series. Um, one uh, called Hellcats about um, women in 1692 who um, don't want to end up like the women down the street in Salem, um, but they also want to be witches. So um, it's kind of a comedy horror and um yeah we just we love writing together and we love writing horror with a touch of comedy to maybe some romance in there too and we really like the tv form as as like well it's it's really fun 
Well, you're in the age where genres are being combined. And when guests send me for the fictional quotes from some movies, I research the movies and sometimes it's a drama, comedy, sci-fi, space, adventure, <laughs> epic, opera. And it used to be it was either a funny movie or a serious movie. Now there's four, five, six, or eight genres combined. And I noticed the funny thing, genre is a French word, G-E-N-R-E. And I've met so many people over the years who say genre, especially, Mark, don't take offense to this, men I've met. It's the good <laughs> the genre well i don't know where they, like john darm it's the genre so uh, uh, people are pronouncing Sounds it like a hair condition genre. It really? john, genre yes or or john like sandra and genre i don't know maybe it's a couple i don't know thank you very much meg it's delightful to have you back and i'm so happy for your success and what's obvious to me meg and i know i'm going to hear this from kelly is you're joyful when you talk about your work, you're, you're beaming. It's, it's coming through your pores that you love what you do, your passion for your creativity. And that's what this show is all about. It's what are you doing that's creative and what does it do for you? What does it mean to you? How does it impact your life? It is your life. So I'm delighted to have you back, Meg. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mark, turn that microphone on, sir, with all of the Halloween stuff on your shirt, the treat and the trick. This is the treat show, not the trick show. Mark, let's have those 12.97825. Did I get it right? Refresh their memory, please. And welcome of back. Of course. Uh, Halloween is the only time of year I fit in because uh, I wish every day was Halloween. Uh, Halloween is the best month of the year. I start the countdown November 1st until the next year because I've always loved the macabre, always loved the spooky. I grew up reading scary stories, Bigfoot, UFOs, monsters, the unknown. And I did not realize as an adult, I would publish a half dozen books on the paranormal and true ghost stories. My very first published book was a collection of horror stories called One Hand Screaming. And I'm going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary edition in 2024. So um, I just, I, I live and breathe horror. I mean, I, I have to be nice and non-horrific and, you know, my day job helping authors and stuff like that. So I have to be nice, even though there are a lot of horrors related to the publishing industry too. So. <laughs> so since I've seen you, since I've spoken to you, uh, you, you want to talk about anything, any particular work that you're working on, anything that's that's really taking up your time right now? Well, I am about to begin for NaNoWriMo because I have to get this to my editor in December, but I am writing the next book in my Canadian Werewolf series, uh, Only Monsters in the Building is book seven. It is a murder mystery that takes place in upstate New York where my werewolf has to go for therapy and the therapist is found murdered and it's going to be a closed room mystery where all the supernatural creatures that are there are all suspects. So that's going to be fun because I've never written a murder mystery before. <laughs> I've murdered a lot of people, but never in a mystery. <laughs> I have a silly question for you. Have you watched the TV series Only Murders in the Building? Of course. Yeah. And my whole series is based on riffs on existing titles of A Canadian Werewolf in New York and Fright Night's Big yep. City. So all of the titles are some sort of play on words with what you think you know. But it, of course, that and that lends to some of the humor that's in these in the novels as well. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit cheeky um, and creepy. And that series was cheeky. Who's your favorite actor of the three, Martin Short or the other two, Selena or, you know? I'm still a fan of Steve Martin, only because Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is one of my favorite movies. I've just always yeah. been a fan of his. 
I found that the character Martin Short played, especially when he was romancing with with Meryl Streep's character with the braids, like, oh, I I thought he was absolutely over the top in this ser- this season. I'm not, not trying not to do any spoilers here, but this was a more complicated season. Uh, there were a lot more characters, yeah. and the the fiance of Steve Martin's fiance and the fish in the tank and and the lipstick. It was just they kept twisting and turning in us that knife of mystery and i thought it was very well done and then the surprise at the end and so well, don't don't courtroom. i haven't gotten to the end yet oh oh oh, oh yeah okay yeah <laughs> there is a courtroom surprise but you you will be surprised that yes yes twisting awesome. the knife of genre in people who are watching it yes it ended a couple weeks ago please catch up and then you and i will catch up on that welcome back mark kelly florence can't wait to hear from you i think half of your bio was given by meg so let's hear new stuff from you (laughs) how have you been talk to me what else are you working on and yeah just talk to me yes good and just like meg ever since i was little i loved scary things i loved halloween i remember saying to my parents i think i was about in kindergarten or first grade Christmas is real. Easter is real. Why can't Halloween be real? I wanted zombies walking around in the streets and we'd have to fight them off and defend ourselves. That was my dream. And people would look at me in shock and horror, but I was that kind of girl. And so meeting Meg, I was able to meet someone else who was like, yes, I get you. And I understand this love of horror. And I've been able to be involved in a theater that is horror related. That was what I majored in for my undergrad. Uh, now I teach at the collegiate level and uh, always bring a little bit, a little bit of horror and mystery um, into the classroom because I think that keeps us creative and it keeps me interested. And I find that a lot of students uh, vibe with the genre. The Five Nights at Freddy's was the number one movie over the weekend, seventy-eight million dollars, and. A ton of my students talked about it today. They they saw it in the theater. What are you teaching, Kelly? I teach communicating arts, so public speaking, interpersonal relationship, and workplace communication. How wonderful. I didn't know that was a subject. Can we ask where you teach in case anybody wants to find you? Is it online or in Yes, in real, I, well, real I teach at Lake Superior College in Duluth, some on-ground classes and some online. I've been teaching at the college level since 2004, so I'm coming up on my 20-year anniversary. And impossible. I, I if everybody, it, everybody say impossible. 20-year anniversary, <laughs> one, two, three. Impossible. impossible. Okay, now you can continue. I've been teaching since I was five. Just kidding. There you go. But there, what, there I, you go. what I realize is that that bringing my passion and love for whatever it is, this genre or writing, and into the classroom, you connect with people and students, and and they really love it too. So I've been able to take that research and writing and teaching, and really, you know, combine it into our books and our series. Very exciting, very passionate. Have you seen the series? I think it's a Hallmark mystery. When when the writer strike has been going on and there wasn't much, and my normal network shows weren't on, I started going to watch the various mystery series on the Hallmark Channel. Believe it or not, and some of them are damn good. They're very well done. But Chesapeake Shores was a family oh. drama, and there's a character. One of the daughters is named Bree, and she's a novelist, and her story is woven into what she writes about, who she writes about, people she meets, the characters they bring to her, and her success. And she decides to start teaching as well. I thought that was interesting when you said that. So take a look. It's a very interesting family. You may recognize some of the actors. You might not. Um, I'm trying to think of um, what was his name? Treat Williams was the the father. He 
unfortunately passed away in a horrible motorcycle accident a couple months ago. But I think the series was over before then. So so it all finished up. But it's quite a charming show. Really, really I will charming. definitely check it out. We love Look. a good Hallmark romance. Oh, you do? You do too? Oh, yeah. I've seen the Garage Sale Mysteries and I've watched the Ruby Herring Mysteries and I've watched the, oh, I watched four or five of the series. And when there's nothing else on, why not? Right? Exactly. They're, when they're well done, they're well done. Who cares? Yep. And they bring back some stars from yesteryear. We won't talk about some of them who are having court cases, but we'll leave that one alone. Anyway, let's go to, yeah, you know who you are. Anyway, uh, let's go to the part of the show where I've asked each of my guests to send me a fictional quote. Well, that's what they do, fiction. Meg, I'm going to start out with you. You sent me a very interesting quote from, oh, Winona Ryder. Isn't she having a birthday this month? She played Lydia Dietz, D E. E-E-T-Z, the movie Beetlejuice, 1988. Do the math. How long ago was that? 12 and 23? 12 and 23. 34 years ago. Is that right? Yep. Yep. 34. Yes. Fantasy, horror, comedy. I told you they were all mixed up here. Director was Tim Burton. Who else? All kinds of interesting people in it, including Catherine O'Hara. I happen to like her as an actress. Charles's teen goth daughter, Lydia, from his first marriage as a photographer. We can see the ghost couple. Adam. Alec Baldwin, Alex Baldwin, and Barbara Gina Davis, Maitland, and she befriends them. Woof, we've got a dog in the background. It grows $74 million on a $15 million budget. Can you imagine that? $74 million on 15. That's something. It won the Academy Award for Best Makeup and three Saturn Awards, Best Horror Film, Best Makeup, Best Supporting Actress, for the one and only Sylvia Sidney. Here is the line Meg has selected. I myself am strange and unusual. Oh my, how appropriate for tonight's show. Meg, take take two or three minutes and tell us how you found this line and what does it have to do with our topic of creativity like we can't guess. Go ahead. Sure. Um, well, when I was growing up, um, I came across Beetlejuice and I instantly loved the, the film. But more than that, Lydia Dietz for me was like the first time I really saw myself on screen. It was somebody who um, was a young girl who loved spooky things, but she also was just a teenager and she wanted to be a, a kid and um, she had a, a sweetheart. And I had sort of felt like to like gothic things meant that you were sort of mean or awful. So when I saw Lydia and saw that she was kind of both things that I really felt like I was, it was like, wow, that's me. And the fact that she embraced that she was strange and unusual, I just, I, I really fell in love with her character. And I, I to this day, um, I have a tattoo of Lydia to remind me to embrace that I'm strange and unusual. And that's what makes me special, um, whether in creativity or just whether in life. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I had a, an interesting remark. I have a, uh, a mother and son who do my yard pruning and cleaning up. I won't give their names on the air. She's she's an interesting character, and he's an interesting character. Let's say she's around 60 and he's in his late 30s, and they show up and they cut back the trees and they trim whatever and they haul stuff away from me, and it's fine. But she said to me the other day, they call me Miss Red. You know, Red <laughs> is two syllables, maybe three. Miss Red, it's two syllables, Mark. Get those, count them. And uh, she said to me, you're very odd. And that's why she likes me because I'm different than her other clients. So <laughs> they don't call me by my other name. They call me Miss Red because that's Southern. That's Tennessee for red. So I just wanted you to know, but she said, you're very odd and I like you. And there you go. So it's <laughs> 
It's a good thing being unusual, isn't it? It's a very good thing. There you go. Mark, I'm going to go to your quote. It's from John McClane, played by the one and only, sad to say, he's not himself anymore. Bruce Willis, the movie Die Hard, another 1988 movie. You're all going back in time here. Action film, just action film, no 15 genres. Genres, I'm surprised. It was the first of five films in the Die Hard franchise. On Christmas Eve, John McClane comes to reunite with separated wife Holly, Bonnie Bedelia, at her company's Christmas party. Holly, who has her own career, lives with their two children and uses her maiden name. At the fictional Nakatomi Plaza, Fox Plaza, East German terrorists break in and take the celebrants hostage. McClane escapes detection, hides throughout the building, kills off the gang, learns their plan to steal $640 million in bearer bonds from the vault. In the finale, he shoots the terrorist leader, Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman, out the window to fall. <gasps> 30 stories. It only grows to $140 million. What can I tell you? Here's the line, Marcus Select. I hope I did that okay, Mark. Here's the line. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. What in the world does this have to do with your creativity, Mark Leslie? Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, I picked the movie only because it is multi-genre. It, it set new boundaries for um, the action film. It is an amazing Christmas film. It's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off a tower at Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza. And it has so much humor in it. And what I loved about this in terms of the creativity is it's it was based on a novel by Roderick Thorpe. And uh, it was called Nothing Lasts Forever. And so many, that line was one of the ad-lib lines that Bruce Willis did when he's crawling through the air vent. And what I loved about this is the screenplay for Die Hard was adapted from a novel. And then the screenplay itself was readapted. And they were continuing to write it as they were filming it. And I just thought the creativity involved with all of the people who put that thing together did something truly magnificent. And even though I'm a horror guy, well, there are some horrifying things in it, especially if you're afraid of heights like me. <laughs> I like the way you say putting things together. There's, We've had a great lesson in collaboration with Megan Kelly already on the show and combining people and skills and passions. It's always interesting, isn't it? It makes life a lot yeah. more interesting. And after we do Kelly's quote, I'm going to ask Kelly and Meg to tell me briefly, what is it like having a serious ongoing writing partner, because that's a theme I have covered in many of my shows over the years. When I used to go to the National Publicity Summit and meet authors and wannabe authors in, in Manhattan, now I do it virtually a couple times a year, uh, a husband and wife approached me and she said she was a cookbook author. And I said, who's this handsome gentleman next to you? And she said, that's my husband. We met at 65 on a dating app and our, we got engaged on the beach, blah, blah, blah. And I'm using him to test my recipes, but I'm writing a section of the book about him. And I said, well, then you're collaborating on the cookbook. And she said, yes. I said, well, you can't come on my show unless you bring him. Because as far as I'm concerned, you're creative collaborators on the book. And there are things that he shares with you about what he likes and foods that he likes and, and testing your recipes. He's part of the product, product, the process. So they both came on and we became friends. Anyway, I had to say that. Mark, fascinating. Thank you very much. We've got a couple of interesting themes here tonight. Let's go to Kelly, Kelly Florence. And she has picked a quote from a song by Bruce Cockburn, Canadian singer, songwriter, and guitarist. There's a lot of genre for you. The song is Lovers in a Dangerous Time. Bruce Cockburn, he's a young kid, 1945. He was born. I can say that. No, he's older than me. Styles range from folk to jazz-influenced rock. He's written only 350 songs and more. He only has 34 albums. He only 
only has a 50-year career. Why did you pick such a newcomer, Kelly? 22 <laughs> songs are in Canadian gold or platinum as of 2018. He's only sold over a million albums in Canada. Why have I never heard of him? In 2014, he wrote Rumors of Glory, a memoir, and his Christmas album in 2016, that was seven years ago, went six times platinum in Canada, sold, oh, I know, 600,000 copies. Wow. Here's the line Kelly has picked. This is lovely. Nothing worth having comes without some kind of fight. You got to kick at the darkness till it bleeds daylight. Ooh, got chills on that one. Kelly, how did you find this line? Go ahead. So I was introduced to Bruce Cockburn um, in 2001 um, through my other favorite Canadian band, the Bare Naked Ladies. They did a cover of this song after 9-11, and it was so moving to me and that line especially and i just think it it makes sense that even if you know especially in the horror genre we can find this horrific situation and we can find some good out of it and we can find that daylight we can find that happy ending um maybe hopefully and that just really spoke to me and it's just been um i used it in when i taught dance classes and using it to to listen to to relax it's such a calming song to me and it feels like there's hope lots of hope thank you it was lovely and it reminds me of a very famous line from leonard cohen also a canadian doesn't he have a yeah. Oh, there goes the flag. Thank you, Mark. Do that again. We took it over. What? Go back the other way now. Go back the now, other way. There. Meg is Canadian too. Everyone needs to know. Oh my oh, goodness. And, hey. and, and I'm not. Hey, how's it going, eh? Eh? <laughs> process? You got a good process going there, eh? Uh, the line from Leonard Cohn was something about if there's a crack in the window, let the light in. Remember, there was one of his famous lines. Somebody on the show recently brought that up. Interesting that that comes up. I uh, I have done a little bit of mentoring and, and coaching with some younger female colleagues when I was in the corporate world. And I always told them, if you see a little light under the window with a door, kick it open and see what's on the other side. There's opportunity there. Find it, make it happen. I like that theme. There is some light there. Not at a creepy haunted house necessarily, but there's some light there. Thank you all for the interesting quotes. Let's quickly just talk to the two ladies about how you do your, how do you collaborate? Do you take one chapter, Kelly, and then Meg does something to it? Do you do you share chapters? How do you write together? Just briefly, who wants to go first? Sure. I'll start. When we started, we were absolutely working on everything 100% together because our for our first book that came out in 2019, we wanted to make sure that we were sharing a voice. Now uh, we're currently writing our eighth book together. We realize we can split up the work and take chapters and we do share a voice because we're best friends and we share a brain. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Maybe agree or disagree. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I think the most important thing is that we both have the same um end we both want the same things we both we both want to represent you know um females in horror we both are excited about similar you know um, plot structures and and different research elements you know when we're working on our nonfiction books we'll very much like be texting each other like hey you know when we wrote a witch book i would text her and be like hey did you write about you know 
um, <laughs> did you write about this sort of witch or whatever? And she would say yes or no. And so we would communicate a lot. But when we're writing our screenplays, I know we really like to be in the same room together because we like to really like kind of play off of each other and kind of see how the other one reacts. And we know if we have a good idea or not. Um, so it's really fun. And I think we've also learned how to edit each other and be like, hey, I think this could work, you know, and and I think we know how to um, speak respectfully with each other, too, if if we don't like an idea. But Kelly loves all my ideas, so she's never had that problem. <laughs> Mark, have you ever co-written with anybody? Yeah, I've, I've co-written um, a couple novels and then uh, three different uh, books on the paranormal as well. So it's a it's a unique experience with every different author that I've worked with, too. Interesting. I, I had two authors on the show many years ago, and they had never met face to face. But they were writing a novel together. He wrote one chapter and sent it to her. She spun off from there and wrote the next chapter using his characters if he was the first writer. She wrote the next chapter where she wanted to take it. She sent it back to him. So they bounced the ball back and forth across the net. I believe that they had never physically seen each other till I put them on Zoom on a radio show. It was quite interesting. It's like, oh, that's who you are. Okay. I found it hard to believe, but that's right. That was the story they told me. So thank you all. Very, very interesting. Let's go to the part of the show where you've all sent me creativity statements. I'm going to pick one from each of you. At least we have plenty of time and I just want you to expand it. And then if Anybody else, I'll start with you, Meg. If Mark or Kelly wants to say anything, just wiggle one of your nice fingers at me. I think I've got my AI notification turned on because I've wiggled my finger a couple of times and a big hand keeps popping up on my screen. I don't see it right now. There we go. Okay. Anyway, uh, all kinds of new features. What can I tell you? So Meg, I'm going to your statement number three, and this is interesting. This is a real basic one. You say, I am a creative because I recognize the possibility in a simple word, look or object. That's that's like 101, isn't it? So can you expand on that a little bit, please, Meg? Sure. So, um, you know, I, I love this idea of using very spare words to sort of create an idea. That's what poetry is, right? Like really winnowing down all, all that we have to say into like one word. And I think when you're prose writing too, um, I love the idea of describing a look. That look means so much more. It's so simple yet not. And I think that creatives can see the possibilities in literally anything, you know, in a plastic bag, bag crumpled on the floor um, on, you know, and I'm a, I'm a horror person. So I, you know, my mind goes <laughs> to the dark place, but I think, I love this idea of an image bringing so much um, power and it can mean different things to different people. And I think that as a creative, it's my job to sort of bring that to the forefront and let my audience, whether it be um, someone who's reading uh, my book or listening to an auto play, uh, audio play I wrote, I love the idea of them sort of taking that image and sort of turning it into their own, in their own mind. Um, I think me being able to do that effectively is what hopefully makes me a good creative. 
And that's what they say about art, isn't it? When you go to a museum, you you see the painting or whatever the piece is. You see the title. You may or may not like the title. You may or may not like the piece, but you see something in it that reflects who you are or where you've been or where you want to go, right? Aspirational, mm-hmm. inspirational, and perspirational, wherever you want to take it. But it becomes your experience. So you're saying the, the same thing with what you write. Anybody else want to say anything about that, Mark or Kelly? Any reflections? Nope. Okay, we're I- good. Oh, oh, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead, Kelly. Yeah, please. I was going to say sometimes the scariest things, especially in the horror, horror genre, are the simplest things. It's a door that creaks open by itself. That's what's scarier than that. Like your sheet falling off the bed at night. That's so terrifying. And so this sim- this idea of simple things can be terrifying. And like waking up at four in the morning and noticing that your blink camera has recorded something on your porch that's outside of your bedroom door, which makes you uncomfortable every night. And you look at it and you find out there's this damn black cat that likes your back porch. And then the next night at 3.30, it likes your front porch. And then four in the afternoon, it's going on the lawn. I just saw it outside. But it's a damn black cat. And I wish it would go away. So there you go. It seems to like my property for some reason, but somebody told me it lives across the street. Go home. I'm not feeding you. Okay. Thank you very much. Let's go to Mark Leslie. When do you use your last name, by the way? I notice you're going by Leslie today. When do yeah, you most it? people can't spell or pronounce Lefebvre. I only do that when I'm when I'm doing the author helping stuff because I'm known in the industry under that long, hard to pronounce French name. Okay. I always thought the B and the V were in the wrong place, but I didn't say anything. Okay. So here we go. Sorry. It's your name. Uh, I'm going to your statement number one, which is very long, and I'm just going to read a little bit and have you unpack it for us. So Mark says, I'm sure you've long heard that horror is not a genre but an emotion, there's that word, you used it, but an emotion. It's true that horror permeates all formats of storytelling, but I believe it's also true that horror as it most, at its most creative is a fantastic tool. I'm going to stop there and let you finish that. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> well, I mean, when we write, we're connecting with people. That's fundamentally what we do is storytelling. And one of the thing, ways we can connect with people is through horror. Unfortunately, when bad things happen, we remember them. We remember where we were during 9-11. We remember those traumatic moments because it has such an impact on us. So as writers, we can fundamentally really connect with people by going. And, and I think uh, Kelly said this really brilliantly by just even the small things, those little things, the, the idea of the, the sheep just falling off the bed. And you're like, what was that? I mean, that's something we can all resonate with. We can all connect with. So horror can really bring people together um, because we, we're all afraid of something, right? There's something that will will bring us anxiety, will bring us fear. The unknown is something that is often uh, terrifying, and it often is those. I think Mike Flanagan does a really good job in in some of the, I'm watching the fall of the House of Usher, and there's like a scene where you see there's there's something behind the one character, and then it just moves. And it's so subtle. It's not a jump scare. It's none of those big conventions, but it's this subtle thing. You might, oh my God, there was some someone standing behind him. I thought that was a wall. Those subtle things bring out those fears that we can all relate to because sometimes you see something out of the corner of your eye and you're not sure is really there. <laughs> you're talking about my life. <laughs> 
Yes, eventually. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes there's something moving or the corner of my glasses catch a glint or something, and I say, there's somebody out there. No, there's not. You're just your little shadow in your glass. Anyway, we'll leave that one. Thank you very much. Anybody want to comment on what Mark said? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I I, I just um, wanted to sort of speak to, he was talking about how we're kind of communicating through horror with others. And also, too, this sort of communal experience of seeing a horror movie together. Um, it's, it's different than any other kind of film. You know, um, I love taking my husband to a horror movie because he gets really scared. He covers his face and he jumps and, uh, <laughs> and it's so <laughs> fun. And it's also really fun when everybody else in the audience is gasping and, you know, just like really reacting and we're all kind of sharing in this moment together. And I think even with dramatic films, romantic films, we have a little bit of that, but I feel like horror, especially just what a great communal experience and it's like why i still need to go to the movie theater i mean yeah it's nice to watch things at home but sometimes you just really want that horror experience with others i've been to some horrible comedy shows (laughs) i understand (laughs) i'm only joking no i'm not thank you very much (laughs) i'm looking at kelly's statements kelly this is an interesting another really basic statement i like this one number one you say to me creativity means remaining curious throughout life to explore, and Mark likes this too, I see you nodding, I think, to explore more facts, more history, and more legends surrounding my favorite media in the horror genre. Talk to us about that, that element of curiosity, and I call that curious creativity, the creativity of curiosity. We'll leave that there. Kelly, talk to me. Yes. So when Meg and I started our podcast, we realized every week we were separately doing research about the real history, science, psychology, culture legends that these horror movies were based on. And we were finding out that truth can be scarier than fiction. And we realized all every single horror movie and TV show is based on some nugget of truth. And so us being curious and looking at the real science behind it, made us appreciate and realize how much um, the horror genre actually teaches us and teaches us empathy and teaches us um, real facts. Like our latest book, The Science of Agatha Christie, she knew her pharmaceuticals, she knew her drugs, she knew her poisons, and it was factual and it was, uh, the chemistry was correct. And so being curious about that, you know, isn't just taking everything at face value, but looking deeper. Thank you. And I have a friend, I won't mention her name, who's been on one of my other shows, who is a an MD who deals in toxicology. That's her specialty. And her books are The Queen of Poison. And she talks about her heroine, her female who is the hero of the book. I got to clarify that one. Hello, <laughs> Red. Uh, is hired by the government to become an assassin, applying the poisons she knows about. How about that? I'll tell you all later about her. Anyway, very, very interesting. Uh, any comments on... Oh, by the way, I have a comment for you from um, from Jordan, my engineer, Kelly. He says, Kelly had a great point. The simplicity of the plot of Cujo makes it one of the scariest film plots, in my opinion. Jordan, you're listening. How nice. He's probably running three shows at the same time, and he's listening because he really likes my show on Monday nights. Thank you, Jordan. Okay, very interesting. Any comments uh, on that from Mark or Meg? Meg, go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, Kelly was talking about sort of like nonfiction research, 
And for me, that got me, like, I ended up writing a whole book of short stories that were historical um, because I had done so much history research. And so I love this idea that we can also take the things and we've used things that we've learned about and put them in some of our screenplays too. So I, I love that the more you sort of know about this world and the more creepy things you come across, um, it's just more fodder for your uh, creative work. And it kind of stays in your head, those really scary things. And then we can play around with it in the fictional like sphere. So I, I love that sort of bridge that um, we can, we can, work both ways. It sounds like you all have a lot of fun doing what you do, and I <laughs> admire that. Meg, I, we have time for another statement, maybe two more, and I'm going back to your statement number four. This is interesting, and this is, uh, I don't like to do lessons for the audience, but I know people will pay attention to this. You say creativity is something that needs to be fostered like a spark into a fire. It's not something you can wait to strike. You need to work at it. Interesting comment about creativity. I thought it just went poof and it just appeared in thin air and all of a sudden you were a creative person. So Meg, how do you how do you have to fan that flame? How do you know when the spark is there? I believe in that. I agree with that. I'll tell you why. But talk to me about what you do. Yeah. How does how do you know that spark needs to be worked on? You know, I think that a lot of people have ideas and I think ideas are awesome and great, but I think taking that idea and actually bringing it into making it a book or a short story or a poem, it, that is a different process. And I think that um, it's easy to sort of um, get stuck in the idea phase and not move on to the next phase. I know when I was younger, I would kind of get in my own way. But I believe that this idea is that little spark and you have to work at it and, and you have to put blood, sweat, and tears into it. Um, kind of like what Kelly, uh, her quote from the song about, you know, you have to work at it, you have to kick, you have to kick, you know, to, to get that light in there. I, I feel like this notion that we can sort of um, be creative and that's all we have to do and that's our that's that's it. It actually takes a lot of work. And sometimes fostering it means just reading other people's work or watching other people's work. Sometimes we just don't have the words in us. But um, I'm just a big believer that with creativity comes the responsibility of putting pen to paper. Uncle Ben, Spider-Man, Peter Parker's <laughs> yes. uncle. Right. Cliff Robertson yes. with great yep. power comes responsibility. If you're all right. looking at my background, this is one of my art sparks. And what I started doing was putting text prompts into a program called Night Cafe Studios, not Mid Journey, which most people use a different one. You get free credits every morning and every night and you get to put in your prompts and people share in this floating text it's sidebar of what they've created. The artwork is spectacular. You would all love it if you go there. It's an easy join. It's, it's, it's I'm using the free one and I will put in some text prompts and then I print out whatever it is, a redhead or a, an interesting person, or a, I have some with a woman on the microphone and I print it out on a piece of clear film, acetate, eight and a half by 11. And then I run down the hall to my art studio, which is the sunroom when, for the previous owners of this house, I have a whole art studio out there and I take this acetate and it's printed almost like tracing. It's not fully filled in and the ink is wet and it's about to dry. I turn it upside down on a piece of 12 by 12 white cardstock and I rub over the back of it and I rub it hard with a, a spatula or with the back of my hand and I transfer what's left on the acetate to the cardstock. And then 
I use glitter glue, Sarge glitter glue, and you can see her eyes are uh, plat- they're fake jewels, and I paste them on. And then I use watercolors, I use acrylic paints, and I fill in what's what I want to fill in. So I'll show you another one. Here's an, another lady here. Let's see if I can get her. Come on, mouse. There we go. There's another one. This is one of my redheads. I gave her different colored eyes. Here's a kind of, oh, she's the spooky one I just showed you. Here's a, a man that I recently did. Interesting. You can see part of them. And this is the lady with the microphone. You can see her. I usually pick different shape eyes. I'll put in a rectangle on one and a diamond shape on the other. And she's got sparkly earrings. This is the one with the microphone. So that's what I call these my art sparks. That's why one of you said the sparks. That was your spark into the flame, Meg. And that's what you inspired me to do. And we're, we have just a few minutes left. So anybody want to comment on the idea of spark and curiosity before I move on? You all good? Oh, Kelly, I was wondering, uh, is your art for sale? It might be. Actually, my local salon asked me to frame a whole bunch of them. There are six on the walls of the village salon in Loudoun, Tennessee, and (laughs) nobody's bought any yet. But yes, they are. They are purchasable and we can talk. And uh, yes, they're a lot of fun. And I just do what I feel like. And I go into my studio and I have all of these paints and brushes and glitter. And it just it makes me happy. It, it makes me very happy. Thank you. Mark, talk. Unmute, well, I please. just wanted to say, and we were talking about collaboration earlier yeah. and how, you know, Meg and Kelly collaborate, but you're collaborating with technology. You're collaborating with tools and you're making it your own. Somebody yes. else could put the same prompts in, get something different, but not then take it and do those extra layers. So it becomes multidimensional. And it, and it, and that leads back to what Meg said earlier about creativity in the spark. Yep. And you've got to fan it. You've got yep. to keep working at it. And yes. that's when it becomes something beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you very much. And that goes to the poem I wrote in the beginning, which was my input on each of you to ChatGPT, gave me back the poem, and then I customized it and added the ghosties and all kinds of other things. And Mark's indelible mark. That was me, by the way. That play on words was me for you honor you. Okay, let's do quickly some famous birthdays here. We have a few minutes left. Henry Winkler, the Fonz, just put out a memoir. Did you all read the review in the Times the other day? Very interesting. Apparently, he had a lot of emotional challenges along the way, and I think a lot of depression and self-doubt, and uh, his whole career. There's a whole article. If you email me, I'll send you. I sent it out to a bunch of people on the Fonz. He is, how old is he today? 78, the Fonz. He skyrocketed to fame as the greaser mechanic, the Fonz, on Happy Days in the 1970s. He also starred as Cy Middleman on Children's Hospital, Barry Zuckercorn on Arrested Development, Mr. Rock on Hank Zipper. I didn't know that. He started acting in the eighth grade in a production of Billy Budd. He holds a bachelor's degree. He graduated from the Yale School of Drama. And I think he discovered late in life that he was dyslexic. And he had to memorize a lot of stuff to get through additions. I'll send you the article. Naya or Nia Long is 53 today, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the Third Watch actress. Model Ashley Graham, 36, lingerie model for the clothing store Lane Bryant. She's a big girl and proud of it, and she's beautiful. She's on the cover of Elle Quebec. She's been featured in Glamour, Vogue, and Harper's Bazaar in Levi's campaigns. And she was discovered at 12 years old by an agency in an Omaha mall. There you go for creative discovering people. She was named the full-figured Fashion Week's Model of the Year in 2012, and she has her own lingerie 
line for Edition L. There you go. Matthew Morrison. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was Mr. Schuster on Glee, the TV series. He's an Emmy and Golden Globe nominated. He's been in The Good Wife, Grey's Anatomy, and he became a dance captain on The Greatest Dancer. Now I have a couple that you've never heard of, and there's a reason. I've got three of them for you. There is a, uh, let's see, she's uh, Angie Velasco. She's on YouTube. She's 25. Are you sitting down, Mark? Mark, I think you're going to have to sit down for this. She's only... Okay. Thank you. Made the effort. She only has 5 million plus subscribers on YouTube. Only 5 million. She's a social media influencer and a content creator. She's a Coca-Cola lover. She tried making it at home and in 2019 got a Coca-Cola bottle tattooed on her right arm. And Kelly, this is for you. She's got 1.9 million followers on Instagram. Just wanted you to know. I'm sure you're close to that, Kelly. Then we have a young lady named Alexandra Pohl, P-O-H-L, on TikTok. She's 23 today. She's not doing very well. She's only got 1.1 million subscribers, but then she's doing comedy. So she has a set of videos doing makeup, hairstyling, and skincare routines called Get Ready With Me. And she does selfies, sorority life travel. She has a makeup tutorial before her bar crawl. I'm sure, Meg and Kelly, that you're going on a bar call. You can watch it. She works as a club DJ, and she gives advice to women who want to aspire to be a DJ. But she's only got 1.0 million subscribers, so she's just a new newbie on TikTok. And then we have another TikToker called Ludi, L-U-D-D-E, Blomqvist, Q-V-I-S-T. Mark, that's like part of your last name. 21 today, 1.8 million fans, and she does modeling, lip sync, and dance content, and her Oh, it's him. It's him. It's a he. And he says when she laughs at her own jokes, he did a video and it went viral with over a million views. I want you all to be very impressed. Events in music history here. Bob Dylan in this day in 1975 performed his first show, a Rolling Thunder review at the War Memorial Auditorium in Plymouth, Massachusetts, which was the subject of two documentaries. And let's see what else I've got here. In this day in 1984, less than two years after its release, they certified Michael Jackson's Thriller album, 20 million copies sold in the U.S., Talk about Halloween, right? Thriller, thriller. Introducing a new designation, Double Diamond was created because of the sales of the thriller. It didn't exist. The unprecedented sales climbed to 30 million. 30 million copies of the thriller. I bought one of those. In 1994, the Eagles' greatest hit, 71 to 75, also got the Double Diamond. So Michael Jackson held the held the award for that. And in, uh, let me see, one more music thing here. Oh, in 1999, Santana's Supernatural, well, that's for Halloween. His Supernatural album hit number one in the U.S., their first chart-topping album in 28 years. Oh, my. Uh, and one more thing, in 2021, Carol King, Tina Turner, Jay-Z, LL Cool J, Todd Rungan, the Go-Go's, and Foo Fighters were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's October 30th, National Holidays. International Swallows depart from San Juan Capistrano today. It's National Boston Cream Pie Day. Don't throw it because I'll eat it. It's National iPod Day. It's National Slap Your Annoying Coworker Day. And it's TV day, TV show host day. And uh, let's see now. I, you can all give a quick email or a website where you'd like people to let's do a website. Where can people find more about you? Meg, go quick. Meghoftall.com. M-E-G-H-A-F-D-A-H-L.com. Mark, where? MarkLeslie.ca. M-A-R-K-L-E-S-L-I-E.ca for Canada. And Kelly Florence, where can people find you? KellyFlorence.com. 
K-E-L-L-Y-F-L-O-R-E-N-C-E.com. Congratulations on all having very simple URLs. There you go. Uh, now I have to share with you that I found my notes from 2014. I've been doing radio for a little bit of a while. And the top 10 tips for women in 2014, Meg and Kelly, this is for you, Mark. You can eavesdrop here. The first tip was aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. Okay, we'll just leave that one. And the other one is if the shoe fits, buy one in every color. We'll leave that one alone. So here is my closing. I want to thank you again to Jordan for being our engineer tonight. Thank you, everybody, for watching. And don't go away. We'll talk a little bit. I've got a minute left. And here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Eh, not so much. Kiss slowly. It's still the only way. Love truly. Join me in an uncontrollable laugh. One, two, three. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Laugh uncontrollably, never regret anything that made you smile. Final words, work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like nobody's watching when I was teaching disco in high heels on a Formica tabletop in a cafeteria, a high school cafeteria with 250 students. They all watched. No, I didn't fall. Sing like nobody's listening. I try not to. And love like you've never been hurt. We all have. Get over it. Move on. Let your heart regenerate, regrow, and start again. Money talks. Chocolate sings. And I had some good 64% cocoa content today. Wow. La. And last but not least, I stole this line. Guests don't go away. Get ready to wave goodbye. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye. That's Radio Red. Shout out to Diane. I'll see you soon. LLL. Everybody wave. Jordan, are we done? Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week. <laughs>